Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I'm your host Matt and I'm here alongside G and Dylan for this episode of the show. We are 10 days into NBA free agency and there have been plenty of fireworks around the league. We react to some of the biggest moves to happen in free agency, including a massive deal for one French big man. Plus, it's the news that's dominated the offseason, Kevin Durant's trade request. We explain how the Nets' dream team quickly became a nightmare and offer our predictions as to where KD will land. Finally, we grade the Warriors and Suns offseason so far. Today is July 10th, 2022, and this is the 65th episode of the show. July is here, June is gone, and we are ready for the NBA offseason. Don't remind me. <laughs> Dylan, you love June. I know you I love, love June. Uh, I love June. I know you love the month of June. But June's the best year. Or best yeah. month of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly it is over, so we have to talk NBA free agency because it is a huge, you know, part of the NBA like I feel like the NBA off season is honestly bigger than the regular season. It's more like a soap soap opera, actually. So many moves and so many dramatic things are happening, and you just hear about the most crazy, ridiculous things every offseason, and some of the things pan out, some of them don't, but I think it's just a great time. Yep, and we'll get started right away because there were plenty of moves to cover, and we can't go through all of them, so we're going to just go do some of them very quickly here. First, we're going to start off with probably the earliest deal of the offseason, Almost so early, you could probably call it tampering, honestly. Jalen Brunson, the Dallas Mavericks point guard who broke out this season, he went to the New York Knicks for four years, $104 million. Back Signed almost immediately. And do you think that Jalen Brunson is worth that kind of money, Dylan? For me personally, this is based, I think, kind of recency bias, but I don't think he's worth that money because, yes, during for Dallas during the playoffs he played pretty well alongside Luka Doncic but I think when he goes to the Knicks they pay him so much uh, the Knicks paid him so much money so they can lead his team lead the Knicks however I don't think he might reproduce the same results when he was as when he was a Maverick because he had Luka because when you're playing with Luka he tracks all sorts of attention but when you're moving to the Knicks I feel like Jalen Brunson is going to get shut down. It's kind of like the same situation with Julius Randle. Like the Knicks paid him, paid Julius Randle so much money and he only did well for like one year. And like after that, like he's kind of, he was kind of garbo. So <laughs> that's why I'm worried. That's kind of what I'm worried about with Jalen Brunson, even though the, the playoffs kind of proved or he proved that like, Hey, I'm worth this, this he's, he's amount of money. Amount of money he got, but it's just for the Knicks. I don't think he's what they're looking for or what they need. I'm kind of piggyback off what Dylan said and agree that they were looking for more of a number one, and I don't think they solved that problem yet. I think they had a lot of number twos and threes on their team, and I don't think you'll see you win. But they're definitely in a better place than they were beginning the off season, you know. So uh, I think for them, and you know, it is what it is. You know, not the best player in free agency. You know, Knicks love think they're going to get the best player every year, but they didn't. So you know, you live with Jalen Brunson, I think. Stephen A. Smith is probably fuming still. Even oh, he was later. fuming. Like I, I remember draft day. Uh, he was so disappointed <laughs> with his own team. Like Knicks was like giving away everyone, but he just wanted to draft a player. That yeah. was literally all his expectations, and they couldn't even do that. So you know, I think Stephen A. Smith is just uh, perpetually in hell. 
So it's untortured. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Deontay Murray, the Spurs star point guard, is moving to Atlanta. Three first-round picks and Danilo Gallinari. Gee, is this a sign that the Spurs are tanking? And what does this prove for Atlanta? Yeah, so I think for the Spurs, this is the first big step into their tank. Uh, I think they're really good with the tank. If you look at their previous tanks, you know, a while ago when they did that for Tim Duncan, they had David Robinson injured for a year, and they fully went out and sold the, you know, the rest of the team and got Tim Duncan that year. And I feel like they're looking for that. Uh, I think in the Victor Wandanamia or something like that. I don't know how to say his name, but I heard he's supposed to be the Chet Holmgren, but seven foot three and even you know better skill and better dribbling ability and he's clear number one going into the season he's worth tanking for so i think for spurs they're headed in that direction and for the hawks they were looking for another person to dribble the ball and be a playmaker for that team while getting another defender in the same person Dejounte murray and, you know they gave up a lot of picks but you know i don't I think if what they're trying to be is a competing team in the Eastern Conference, so those picks, you know, in theory should be later round picks. So I'm hoping that you know they're they're thinking that they're going to get back to what they were two years years ago, two years ago when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know they were a big upset team. But John Collins is kind of looking flat, and I don't know if they're going to keep him. There's a lot of talks about Capella, but it is a good first step, I think. Give up a lot though. That is true. Dylan, any thoughts? I think I'm just. I think the trade is fine. I mean, I don't have too many thoughts about this trade because honestly, Dejounte Murray is a great player. I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious to see like how well the Hawks do as a team for this upcoming season. Yeah, I don't really have much about much to say other than they trade uh, Kevin Herter, which kind of sucks. But I think, yeah, hopefully they get back into playoffs that happened two seasons ago. They are a fun team to watch for sure. But I would like to have um, um, Trey Young to fix his defense a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. I think it helps that he has a what? How big is uh, Deontay Murray? Like six five, I want to say. Six five, six six. Yeah, he's basically like a oversized point guard. Yeah. So him at shooting guard probably would help. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting how they see that because they're you know Deontay was the primary ball handler for Spurs, so. Him moving to that secondary role, and we're going to see a lot more Trey Young off ball, so that should be interesting to watch. You know, I think he's going to try to like, you know, step into a different role this year, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, and then Malcolm Brogdon to the Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics. Daniel Theis, Aaron Naismith, Nick Stauskas, and a 2023 first-round pick was traded in that deal with the Pacers. Daniel Gallinari, who we just talked about in that Deontay Murray trade was bought out by the Spurs and immediately signed with the Celtics afterwards. Um, I think that they said Brogdon would actually be a supersized six-man. So, but that's either ridiculous. way... That's absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculously stupid if I, that's what their plan is with him. But I just think it's crazy that Dejounte was worth, what, three picks and Brogdon was worth three bench players and one pick. I just feel like, you know, the... You know, maybe I'm crazy, but the drop off between him and Dejounte is not the craziest, and they only had to give up one pick for that. Um, I'm sure they looked into getting someone like Dejounte, but the, the value was not there as it was for Malcolm Brogdon, who you could get for first round. I think it's if they start him at point guard. Now, in my opinion, he's better than Smart too. I don't think Smart's all that, and if anybody mm-hmm. should be a six man, it should be Smart. But I think they should start both with Brown and Tatum, and then you run the Time Lord at the center. 
I think that's a good lineup. That's what they got to run with. I agree with G. Okay. Yeah, I agree with G. I actually like this trade, actually, because it kind of bolstered their bench a little bit more. With I think just having Gal Galinari and, you know, White PP over there uh, on the bench. <laughs> um, but I actually like the trade. I mean, I think just looking back to the playoffs, uh, specifically Golden State versus um, the Celtics, right? Um, they didn't play much of their bench, to be honest, other than uh, Al... Actually, not Al Horford, but Derek, uh, Derek White. Derek White, Pritchard. That's yeah, kind of. They have, have both. They still have them. Nathan yeah, they still have them. Kind of a project, but that never really worked out and unfolded into anything for them. Mm-hmm. But now they have Gallinari also on the bench too. So I think I think I'm pretty I'm pretty happy I'm I'm pretty happy with this trade, or I'm happy for the Celtics. Yeah, I think the price of Brogdon is probably because of his injury history. I think that. Uh, they, he's had issues with um, staying healthy over these past couple of years, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a steal for the Celtics, who definitely needed a playmaker. And you know, I know Marcus Smart has pushed back on this. Boston fans have pushed back on this, but there are times where you just need someone who can operate the offense and just stay calm and cool under pressure. And I think Brogdon will definitely be in that closing lineup for sure, no matter what he does. I think the six-man part, he's probably going to come off the bench because of his health. They want to, you know, keep his minutes down for the regular season and maybe unleash him in the playoffs. So I do think that it's a good move. And yes, Dylan, that Daniel Gallinari trade is actually, or signing is a little bit underrated. He's going to provide a good presence off the bench. He's a good three-point shooter. He's probably going to provide a lot of shooting because that Celtics bench took a step back in the finals. I want to just give a little bit of pushback because I hate uh, Daniel Gallinari after he missed the free <laughs> throw in Game 7 of the Thunder Rocket series, but... Uh, I, he I just, he missed the free throw. Daniel Gallinari was on the he Rockets. He missed on the Thunder against the thunder. Rockets, and uh, it was Game Seven. It was down by one, and they let Daniel Gallinari take the free throw instead of Chris Paul. And he look what he did. He broke the free throw. I do remember that. Yeah, technical <laughs> foul, I think it was or something. Oh my gosh, I hate Daniel Gallinari. <laughs> in my book, it's another CP three. In my book, he's called Dil- Dildo Gallinari. Oh okay, well there goes the interview. Yeah, I don't want him. He's a fucking Italian mob. (laughs) He's a mobster. Yeah, (laughs) he got that slick, slick back hair. I could just see him walking around with the leather jacket on, trying to rob me of my money. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well that comment aside, let's talk about all three moves in combination here. Which Eastern team do you think made the move that propelled, like, makes them better? That like. In a bigger sense, like, did Jalen Brunson raise the next ceiling higher than Malcolm Brogdon did for the Celtics? No. How much better do we really think Brunson is than Brogdon? I, I maybe am I too high on Brogdon? Cause I feel like he's really good and does well, I a think lot of things it's, that you know people just don't put much value on because I think the biggest nowadays the, the biggest value in people's books is always you look at the PPG, you know, points per game. How many points do you get? But Brogdon does assists, defense, rebounds, and he controls the tempo. He's unselfish. He brings, you know, he does a lot of these things that, you know, you're not the first thing you guess you look for nowadays. So are we, or am I just too high on that? I think it's more, the question I was asking is more about a ceiling raiser. Like how many more wins does it give you for each of these moves? Like, Brogdon could make you finals contenders like into perennial finals contenders, right? Or Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson's going to get you out of the lottery and make you into like, let's say, first round team, right? Oh. So 
which one do you think is like the biggest you know ceiling raiser once the deal uh, is um, done i feel like for the celtics i think it kind of raises i think it it raises their ceiling a little bit with the malcolm brogdon trade because i mean they were in the finals uh last season right but they had a really terrible uh first half of the season um but i think it still brings i still think they're contenders for for the finals more so compared to the knicks because um the only they spent the knicks spent mainly a lot of the time during the offseason just to create room for jalen brunson but um it's just only <laughs> one person him, yeah i still yeah, don't think but, they're a playoff team so i don't know how I, much how much better they got and i would also say that i think if any of these teams the ones i got the best most was the the hawks because what were they like a a, a, a playing seed? team. A playing yeah. team. They made the eighth seed, right? They beat the Cavs. And I mean, I mean, if they were healthy Cavs, this is a whole different discussion. But I think now they're, I think, out of the plans and a for sure playoff team. So I'd say they had the highest increase. Tend to agree with you there, G. I think Deontay Murray is going to be the biggest upgrade. And you know, you lose a lot of shooting in Kevin Horder, but you get a guy that was just dominating in San Antonio. And he's probably going to take a step back into a secondary role with Trey. But he will provide a lot of impact on this team just overall because I think he's more of a team player. He learned from that Spurs culture. Okay, so now we got some of these moves out of the way. Let's talk about the big one here. Now, this podcast isn't just designed. It just happened to be that some of the biggest news this offseason tended to fall on some of the players we hate the most on this show. And... None other could be stated than Rudy Gobert and another move of his. He is going to Minnesota. And we've talked about Rudy Gobert a lot here on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him. Let me just discuss the details of the trade real quick. (laughs) Uh, I think it was Malik Bleasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, and we have 2023, 2025, and 2027 first-round picks unprotected and a top five protected 2029 pick. That's all going to Utah. And Gobert is going to the Timberwolves here. So just in comparison, that is less than what the Lakers paid for AD. Obviously, the Lakers players were a little bit more talented, I assume. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart went to the Pelicans. But still, this is a massive haul for Utah. And it looks like they're going to try to rebuild around Donovan Mitchell try to provide him a second act maybe unless they trade him too we don't really know the offseason's not over yet but let's just discuss the trade and first let's just talk about the pieces that are moving here did minnesota overpay a hundred percent i agree too i just think it's you know bro i don't want to you know you know how this podcast is like matt said we're <laughs> let's just keep it how it is we're anti-rudy gobert here and it's yes. just, you know, you see teams like the Suns moving away from their center, the, tr- the Warriors running small ball lineups some games, and you see the Celtics who also could run a small ball lineup. You see a lot of different things going around in the NBA. What you don't see many teams is just going towards what the, Celt- or the, the Timberwolves are doing here, running two centers, and one of them, you know, not, neither of them really being able to go on the perimeter and guard anybody. And it's just, I think it's just, that that in itself is just ridiculous. And then you get a guy who has a zero offensive game, but I guess does help you in the two things you kind of lacked in, rebounding and defense. So I just think that makes them better. But they killed their bench and gutted their roster in the sense that they have no more players off the bench. 
like that, you can really give valuable minutes to. You had Malik Beasley, who was a great starter, and if you want to start Pat Bev, however, vice versa, you know, both of them were great pieces. Jared Vanderbilt was one of their best perimeter defenders and young players, and they're, they didn't even get to play with their new rookie, was it Walker Kessler? They basically yeah. gave a five first-round picks. I think five picks in itself without the players is too much. The players... Maybe I would just do just the players for Rudy Gobert or something, but there's really? no way. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not giving up five picks though. Unprotected? Come on, man. I'm not. I'm not as much of a hater of Rudy Gobert as to say that he's worth one Patrick Beverly and one Malik Beasley. I don't think. I think he's worth. And a Jared Vanderbilt and a Weckler Kessler. Jared that... Vanderbilt, whatever. I mean, come on. Well, I'm not well, trying to disrespect Vanderbilt here, but. Look, Rudy Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year. We, I know we disagree on maybe how no championships though. Yes. But you're not winning anything with him. That's what it comes down to when you make a move like that. What are you winning with him? That's true. Dylan, uh, do you have anything to add before I weigh in? So I agree with G with this. Um, I think the, the Timberwolves uh, really overpaid for, for him. Because for Gobert nowadays, I think I said this like in a previous podcast, even though he's big and he has three time, you said three time defensive player of the year, right? Yes. Um, the problem is when it comes to the playoffs, we've seen this over and over ten, over time. He's going to get killed. I think with the current NBA, he's going to get killed on the perimeter. Even though, because not a lot of team, I mean, people, obviously teams still drive into the paint and all that. But nowadays it's because of Steph Curry. Um, sorry. The finals MVP, I need to put some respect on his name. Finals MVP, Steph Curry. Because he changed the game with the three-pointer. People take more three-pointers nowadays. And I think every time you, I think every time I see Gobert go out on the perimeter, I know he's going to get burned because he can't, he can't uh, crop or move his legs fast enough. Exactly. So that's why I, even though, yes, he is a really good rim protector, but that's all he provides. Like, what do you, I mean, he's not like, Jokic, where he can like dish out assists or score on his own, he needs like a guard to he help him have do like that. a hook shot in his bag. You know, the theoretical bag conversation. You know, <laughs> where is fuck is his bag, bro? What does he have in that bag? That bag is empty. It's a fucking grocery plastic bag, bro. That you get from the grocery store. There's not shit in it other than maybe sliced bread. Oof. And yeah, I mean, so that's. Uh, that's a baguette. Uh, baguette. Yeah, you got yeah, a baguette. baguette. <laughs> a pack of baguettes in there. So I do agree with G. I think he is not worth three. Oh, sorry, four players and three, three picks just for that man alone, and also paying on top of that, paying Cat the the max along with Rudy Gobert. So. It's just crazy I, because players, other players were available, and even if there's not, there will be players again that are available, you know? It's not like players are done moving. It's just been, although at the first day of free agency when they made this almost the second day, there'll be other players that are going to be available, so you could just wait and, you know, make the same offer for them. Like, I just think it's crazy. I think if you're giving up five picks and all those players, you know, I think there's just so much more talent you could have acquired. Like, the ca- upside is higher. Like the conversation we had with the last three players, like, like how much better did they get? What are they? What's their ceiling now? Second round? Like, is this what we're doing? Like five picks to just increase one round? It's just that team is very top heavy. It's similar to um, the 2018-19 Warriors. Even though the Warriors had somewhat of a bench, uh, that's just how I feel with the Tim Rules now. 
Yeah, with... but there's no two MVPs on that uh, team. Yeah, exactly. which is the problem. Yeah. I don't really know if Rudy Gobert is as good as Draymond. So it's like... Ooh, all right. This is just tough, man. It was just tough. And that dude didn't even believe in COVID. And that's why he shut down the whole NBA for like the whole season. That's the best time he played defense and locked something up. Oof. Shut down the entire league. Yeah, man. No perimeter defense needed then. I think that was the first hater episode we ever did on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just sick, man. Interesting times. Well, I do agree with you guys. It is an overpay. I think that the Timberwolves, let's start on the good part. The Timberwolves got definitely an upgrade defensively. Mm-hmm. Their interior is going to be nasty to deal with. Carl Anthony Towns gets the move to power forward, which I don't know if it's the greatest move, but it allows, I guess it allows him to be more open up in space, I guess. But it kind of depends on how Rudy Gobert's offense is going to fit onto this because they can't just crowd him in the paint, right? Um, I mean, AD wants that. Towns, right? AD wants that position. <laughs> you know he, he wants complaining he keeps he complaining every single play. year he never plays center yeah that's what i like about it i like that it gives him a defensive edge that the timberwolves somewhat lack but what i saw in that playoff series between memphis and minnesota those two were just two teams that were very inexperienced in the, that kind of atmosphere it kind of felt like both of them kept screwing up and kind of making these very like amateur kind of rookie mistakes and it was under kind of the pressure of the playoffs for sure. And ultimately the Grizzlies made less mistakes than the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves blew two huge leads and that was basically what swung the series, right? So what I wanted to see from Minnesota was probably a little bit more defensive focus as well as just a little bit more of a veteran kind of mindset. You know, you got someone like, when they brought in Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago, someone that's going to bring in that kind of like, veteran experience and kind of just say okay everyone calm down this is what we just have to do in the playoffs this is what it takes to win like a winner's mindset that's what when Andre Iguodala was brought into the Warriors and way back in like what even before Mark Jackson was fired and Steve Carrot was hired he kind of brought that kind of veteran leadership into the Warriors and then it helped them into the playoffs right and is Rudy Gobert that kind of guy he has playoff experience for sure, but I don't think he is that kind of leader that you need to kind of show, right? So I guess the duty is still going to fall on Carl Anthony Towns to be that guy. Anthony Edwards, who is now a third year, to be that kind of guy. And, you know, I would have loved to see, like, if you want defensive experience and kind of just that veteran leadership with some discipline, like, to help set the culture of the locker room, P.J. Tucker is just out there, man. And he signed with the Sixers. I know maybe he didn't want to sign with the Timberwolves, but like that's a big man that you could have gotten, and it wouldn't have cost that much, right? I mean, if you're so, going to give up that much, I just feel like I would have just gotten Aiton and seen what the value on him is. Because you're paying Gobert's as a max contract, if I'm mistaken, right? Or similar to it. And I think that's about what Aiton commands right now in the offseason. And he's not, like, obviously he's not still restricted, so you'd have to probably do some type of sign trade or something like that. But it's possible you could get it done. You only give up maybe a pick or Vanderbilt, you know, something like that. And you could have Aiton, and it's, you still keep your 2025, 2027, 2029 first-round pick. You still keep your best-year bench. You still have, you know, Pat Bev, your defensive identity. You still keep this type of things while, you know, getting a quality center if that's what you really thought your team needed. Yeah, and the center part is interesting because we know, like, 
I know that the Timberwolves are looking around. They were calling around for a center, which is interesting because obviously we know Cat's the center there. But I think they were interested. They were involved in talks with Clint Capella at one point. I thought I heard. So this isn't shocking news that Gobert was traded there, even though the fit didn't exactly make sense at first. It seemed like the Timberwolves wanted to try to go with this Twin Towers kind of look in their lineup. And again, that front court is going to be just so hard to get through inside. But if it's like you want if to it's the backcourt, yeah. yeah. If it's the backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, they're not known for their defense, especially D'Lo. We saw it as Warriors fans, you know. They are gonna get cooked on the perimeter. That's what I'm really worried about. You get those switches, or you just blow by D'Lo or Anthony Edwards, and you know Gobert can block a lot of shots, but he can't block every single shot. Right? It's and just it's like, like with the if jazz, he's gonna right? help you, can if he's gonna help, yeah. If you remember the the Jazz Mav series, every time Gobert came over to help on Luca, Maxi Kleber, or Dorian Finney Smith, Brunson, someone's left open. You know that's what happens when you play help defense. Someone else is gonna be left open. So it's like, who are you gonna leave open? You know, and if you're gonna leave them open, or we're just gonna hit that person, and then you know, good good luck stopping that three if you stop it. You know, if he misses it, that's just because he missed the open three, not because you're in your defense. You know, so. I don't know. I just I just see like there's too much of an obvious downside to that trade, just especially per value is much more what it comes down to me for you know. If it was like a pick or two and just a player or two, it'd be different. I'd be like, okay, you know, you still have some upside there, and you got like you know somewhat better. But all this just to get somewhat better is just ridiculous. Yeah, and finally, you know, you talked about it, G. Is this move gonna make Minnesota? better than what they were last year in the West, which is seventh, right? They were the seventh seed. So are they going to get better than that? I don't think so, right? You got the Suns, you got the Warriors, you got the uh, Grizzlies, Mavs. you got the Mavs, you got the Clippers the, coming the back, Nuggets right? coming back with Nuggets. Murray and MPJ. Yeah, so, and then you got the Pelicans who could be very scary next year, right? And you got the Lakers, Lakers that are, yeah. you know... <laughs> Maybe they're here. Maybe they. I don't know don't if they're know, better right? than the Lakers. Like, if we're keeping it real, like I know they're younger and they're you know just came to the playoffs. But if the Lakers are healthy, they're better than the Timberwolves. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll just have to see because I don't think this move moves the needle all too much. Other than you know Utah is obviously powered down, right? So. <laughs> I guess one way to beat the teams in the West is just try yeah. to trade for all their players, right? Exactly. Absorb them, right? Yeah, that's a funny way to look at it, I guess. Yeah, so I don't really, I don't really like the move all too much. Then again, we are Rudy Gobert haters, so you know if he shows up with an offensive bag this year, if he uh, shows we'll up with the offensive bag, bro, I will fucking, I'll buy a Rudy Gobert jersey. <laughs> She's gonna show up with the Hezzy pull up Jimbo. He's gonna cross all I need to see. Over. All I need to see is one jump shot, one little. Turnaround jump shot, like from four Looked feet away. Really broken. Yeah. He, he had that lob. Didn't he have that game limit winning lob from uh, yeah. in one of those playoff games? I remember that. I was mm. like, Rudy Gobert with the offensive. It was from points. Mitchell. <laughs> it was from Mitchell because, you know, that whole thing was going around and Mitchell doesn't like give him that many passes, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. he got a game winning pass from him. It was wow. cute. It was the second pass that he had and he made the most <laughs> out of it. Yeah, oh, but yeah. let's go back to the Utah side here then. Do you think that this is just one move and Gobert is out? Because we knew and we predicted this, that the Gobert-Mitchell kind of 
duo was going to be over in Utah. But does that mean completely over? Or is it like, we're just going to rebuild around Donovan Mitchell? We're going to build about Spider, right? What are the Jazz doing? My opinion, uh, what I've heard is that they're trying to retool around Spider unless they offer the dissent from a team that just blows their feet away, you know, blows their socks off, that they have to accept. I guess if someone gives them another Rudy Gobert type of package. But, I mean, I think, you know, it's just weird because it's the kind of the end of the offseason in terms of, like, available players and players looking to get traded and that, that realistically want to go to Utah because that's, like, a, you know, an interesting place to play basketball, to say the least. So it's just, you know, I don't know. I just feel like, okay, you got all these picks, but there's not shit available. And so where are you going to run around with the lineup of Patrick Beverly, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jared Vanderbilt, <laughs> and who fuck knows who at center, you know? Walker Kessler. Yeah, like, is this the plan? Like, is this what the, like, like who else is there? To, am I missing someone that they could go get? Like, I don't think they're in the KD talks, you know? And I don't think there's, like, many other players available. Like, who else is available that could make their team, like, you know, move the needle back into the thumbing significant? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't like. I feel like they're just back to where they were, you know, with Rudy Gobert. Maybe like at a little worse because, you know, there's just I don't know. Jaden doesn't really do much either. Yeah. Dylan, you think they're gonna blow it up? Um, maybe after this upcoming season, see what they do. Actually, well, that's too, that's too short of a window. Might be one or two. I would give it like two seasons, then they'll see if they. Can... I think I think they're gonna trade him still this off season. I just doesn't like I said. I don't. I think Don Mitchell in like a week or two is gonna look take a piece of paper and it's gonna be all 12, 13 names that made it out of summer league for <laughs> Utah. And like God fucking damn, bro. this is what we got. And he's like, I'm seriously gonna get out of here now. You know, like this is a serious trade request. And then you know, hopefully they honor it and he gets the hell out of there. I think that. Right now, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is too happy. Like, we saw Brian Windhorst put the pieces together, right? Royce O'Neal, his friend, gets traded to Brooklyn, and we see Eric Paschal, who is the former warrior, who they traded for because he was Mitchell's friend, and then they cut him, I think, or they just didn't resign him. And now Gobert's out. That's great. Quinn Snyder is gone, and they I don't think Donovan Mitchell really knew that that was going to happen, right? So it all of the moves look totally on paper, forgot about at least, that. Like, yeah, they look Do on they paper. Do they even have a coach yet? They have a coach. I think it's a Celtics former assistant. Oh, I think okay. that's what it was. But I think that all of the moves on paper look like Donovan Mitchell is the one who's going to get traded. But then Rudy Gobert ended up getting traded. And now, you know, if you don't have that kind of a duo in Utah, the one that stays is probably going to be the one that's going to stay for good. But... I don't think that's the case yet, you know. I think that right now the whole league in terms of trades is kind of stuck on a KD deal right now, mm-hmm. and that's we'll talk about it later. That's kind of what I was going to say. Yeah, I think yeah. My, Miami's not going to make a move, which is the most likely spot for Mitchell, and it just makes the most sense in terms of, like, fit and need and play style and all this other stuff. It just doesn't make any sense for them to make a move yet until they know that they can't get Kevin Durant because in which world would you not take Kevin Durant if you have a chance? Exactly. So I think that Mitchell, if a Mitchell move was going to happen, it's going to happen after the KD trade, after the Heat lose hope, or, you know, anyone else who is trying to vie for KD, 
says, hey, we have a slightly used Donovan Mitchell here for sale. You know, come get him, right? But I think that they're just going to have to wait for now because I don't see, I don't know why Mitchell would, like, I get the whole loyalty thing and, you know, you're now the number one guy in Utah, but I don't see a contending team with that. And I think Mitchell wants to win. Yeah. The loyalty thing only works for Damian Lillard. And but it's stuff. not working for him. Damian Lillard? It's not, he it's just not signed sh- another. He just signed another yeah, two-year extension. Yeah, he signed extension. Is that yeah. what working is now? Does that count as working? Because we ain't sure. Damn sure. We hey. didn't even talk about his team in the playoff discussion. We gotta. We gotta emphasize more here. Money. If you if you get money, if you just get unlimited bags, you know, from you know a team that's not that great, you know, running right. Anthony Simons and uh, Nurkic and well, Gary Payton's there now. That's nice. But good for him. You know. If you get if you get millions and millions, you know you can't complain too much. People I like you. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> he's he's gonna be one of the bastions for loyalty. He's gonna just he's be gonna that have guy. A, a lot of fucking money too. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. Okay. Let's go to the big one here. Kevin Durant has dominated the off season once again. It happens every three years, it seems. And, you know, it was three years ago that he announced that he was going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving. And, you know, now, three years later, after the Warriors have won their fourth championship in eight years, Kevin Durant requests a trade to start the offseason. And, you know, it seems like the entire, you know, NBA community has just been waiting on that, you know, pin to drop. We know that he made the trade request. We just don't know what's going to happen yet because of it. And let's just run through a timeline real quick of what happened. Ever since the Nets created the super team, right, they had this, like, kind of promising team, right, with D'Angelo Russell, um, Jared Allen, right, and Karis LeVert. And they were, like, an A seed, right? They climbed out of whatever hell they created um, when they traded for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And... They were able to climb out of that, you know, pick hell with the Celtics and field together a promising team, right? But then they blew it up immediately in 2019. They signed Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to max deals. And then they, and then Kyrie Irving played the first season. Kevin Durant was out, obviously, with the torn Achilles. They didn't really do much in that year. And then the second year, they traded for James Harden with a huge amount of picks. They also gave away Jared Allen and that, and Karis LeVert. And, you know, James Harden came to Brooklyn, and now you have the big three super team. They were the title favorites, but then Harden got hurt game one, Kyrie got hurt game four, and they were Kevin Durant toe away from making the Eastern Conference Finals and beating the eventual champion Milwaukee Bucks, right? And then third season, this most recent season, Kyrie Irving does not play for all the home games because he, I don't really want an I don't know how to explain it, but basically it sums down to, yeah. He sums down to believing that, you know, anti vax. I, I really don't know the <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but basically he was not vaccinated and they did not let him play for half the games and Kevin Durant gets hurt for a little bit. James Harden carries the load and then he gets upset with the team basically and how it's going down. So he asks out, they trade him for Simmons, Nets get swept in the first round. So, let's talk about this. 
is this the biggest failure of a super team in NBA history? I would say so. I mean, yeah. this and maybe like that one New York Knicks team that everybody thought was the original super team, you know, with D. Rose, Melo, and J.R. That was not. Joe Kim. And that, people that was thought not that a super was. team. People thought it was because, I mean, obviously after you, the team fails, it's easy to say they weren't a super team, but at the time, that was a very stacked team. People were really thinking that was when they were going to do something with that shit, but God, they were awful, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's just even then they didn't have, I think maybe Melo was the only person that would, uh, you know, really was a superstar, even a star like that. Comparing that to like what the Nets had, it's not even the same in my opinion. I think the worst part about it is that there's literally like no results to show from it. They didn't even make a conference final. And that it Yeah, it it's crazy how short the super team went because Harden only lasted like a year. I don't even know if it was a whole year or not, but you and know. we found out he didn't even want to go to the Nets later on. He wanted yeah, to go somewhere else. I guess. You know, I think I, he probably wanted to go to Philly, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. of Daryl Morey. But and then he eventually made his way there. But I think the biggest issue here is that, you know, the Nets just they completely sold themselves out, right? They were looking they were creating this kind of team culture, right? And they got through all the adversity and then they immediately sold out, right? With Kevin Durant for Kyrie Irving, ditched Delo, ditched everyone else to make the super team because they wanted to win, right? And the culture, they always talk about the culture with Brooklyn because essentially what their culture was is We'll give Kyrie and Katie everything they want. You know, they got, they fired Kenny Atkinson. They put in Steve Nash for them. And then they signed their buddy DeAndre Jordan, even though he was absolute ass, right? And then they just just kept doing everything that Kyrie and Katie wanted, right? And what happened? Nothing. They got absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and Kyrie, you know, the only time that basically... They said no to Kyrie is when he took that stand and said he wasn't going to get vaccinated. And basically, the Nets said, no, we're not going to let you practice and play for a little bit. And he didn't play until like December. And then the Nets finally said, "Okay, we'll let you come in because they sucked. Right. So they basically caved in later and he still couldn't play because New York wouldn't let him play. The state of New York wouldn't let him play until like April. And yeah, for home games. play all the home games, yeah. So, it's crazy. And yeah, and then they caved in. They all caved in after that, right? And the one thing that basically, like, other than the anti-vax thing, they didn't sign Kyrie to a long-term deal, right? And that's probably a sticking point. They gave let Kyrie opt into the player option and stuff like that, but now KD all of a sudden wants out, probably because, and we can speculate a little bit on this as well but i think it's because they didn't sign Kyrie to that max deal but if i were you know josiah the owner of the nets if i were the gm why would i in god's name sign Kyrie to a max deal (laughs) after everything he just pulled right now and everything he's done i think he hasn't had a healthy season in the last three years or he just keeps like disappearing for some reason he hasn't played a full season yeah would it be to injury or just because his third eye opened and he went somewhere? Like, did you ever hear that one where he, um, I think he said he was hurt or something or he wanted to do something and they ended up seeing that he was celebrating his birthday on that game 
I think he like he missed the game because he was out celebrating his birthday. I think this happened in his like his second season, like his second season with the Nets. But you know, he on something else. He is an enigma, for sure, for sure. But you know, why would I sign Kyrie to a max deal after everything that he's pulled and we have no results to show from it? You know. We gutted the team. We gutted all our first-round picks. I guess you could say, why not? We're already, you know, in a huge hole already. But I think Joe Sy pretty much had enough. And then that's the one thing. And Katie basically said, screw it. I'm out of here. Like, at the, that's, like, a, such a small sign of adversity right there, right? They literally cater to your every whim except for that. They don't sign your crazy, like, your unstable, unpredictable buddy to a max deal. And all of a sudden, you want out? It's just... Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's even better when they get Russ Westbrook. <laughs> uh, Westbrook and Ben Simmons playing together <laughs> build a lot of houses right there. And I completely forget about Ben Simmons existing on this roster sometimes. Like, I forget that they they traded away Harden for something because you know why? Because Ben Simmons never showed up. He never played the entire season. He's definitely being a socialite in Brooklyn right now. Yes. Young socialite. Do you guys notice that like 10 minutes after Ben Simmons, you know Ben Simmons posted something on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like in the locker room, with the the face, the emoji that has the steam coming out of the nose. And then like 10 minutes later, Katie requested a trade. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how Katie didn't come to the Sims? I think someone mentioned that, I think, on the last episode. Yeah, and I mean, I wonder who that. I mean, it's just it just works out better for the NBA if KD goes to the Suns. I don't and, think so. I disagree. And then Kyrie goes to the, to the to the Lakers, and then you know that leaves Donovan Mitchell to the Heat. Like, who doesn't leave happy in that situation? Nah, Going to the Lakers to join the Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you just say that? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm just saying, the <laughs> <Little> father. <laughs> yeah, Dad. Uh, All right. Uh, well, I mean, you're not wrong, but it is pretty sad that Kyrie's just uh, running back to Papa Braun. He's, he's really good at blowing up teams. Yeah, he's he blew Kyrie... up like three teams already, technically, including the Nets. Is Kyrie the biggest cancer in NBA history? In recent the most history, effective, most effective, I think, yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, in because, recent like, history, you, yes. Yeah, I think on paper, every, every situation, it just makes too much sense for it to work. Like, if you told the Celtics that like, you're missing one thing and you really need, like, this point guard that could, you know, ball handle and score and take pressure off the other two, it's Kyrie Irving. It's, like, literally perfect. Yeah. But it didn't work. <laughs> we almost had this situation, too, with Andrew Wiggins. But thank God, who were, I guess, Steph probably – uh, talk some sense into that man and tell him to get the vaccine vaccination shot yeah i think wiggins too he been. wanted the money too he wanted the bag so he was like oh i get paid if i play okay johnson and johnson but yeah but i think the the thing about Kyrie is that you know he is so talented so you try to look overlook all of his faults right i always think like Kyrie's like the kanye of the nba basically he is a head case to deal with and everyone knows of his antics and whatnot but he is so damn talented like that's why you're willing to overlook all of these faults but then you know only one team is actually one with him and lebron was on that team and they had to come back from three to one 
<laughs> yeah, so like, it's just, you know, Kyrie's probably going to go to the Lakers, but I think people have started to have enough of his act because it seems like the only team that's interested in him is the Lakers because no one else really wants a guy like Kyrie. That's why he couldn't really, you know, he doesn't have a lot of leverage in the Nets deal. That's why he had to opt in to that player contract and be different, you know. It's just yeah. crazy. I just think, yeah, it just it's just so crazy. I just, you know, like, when trades go bad and shit like, you know, Russell Westbrook or James Harden or, you know, who Rudy Gobert, the next one up, like, these trades go bad. It's just some of these ones are just, like, it's just, for me, it feels like it's just so obviously going to go bad. Like, it just does it, do people really think, like, like now I just feel like, especially with the Rudy Gobert, it kind of just falls in line with the Russell Westbrook and the Kyrie Irving's where you're just, like, did you really just, like, do this thinking you're going to, like, assemble something that's going to work, like, you know? You feel bad for them, but at the same time, you don't. That's how I feel sometimes with Katie. Even though I appreciate what he did for Golden State, you leave a four-time champion for Kyrie. Yeah. And I was like, what's go- what's up with that? And I get that. I, I actually get it. And I love Kevin Durant, too. So I don't want to bash him too much on this. But I think you that really the do? issue... Yeah, I, you know, I have no ill will towards him. Listeners? Hey, man, I'm just saying. He got us two rings. I've always loved his game. Like, I've always loved him on the OKC Thunder. And I'm so glad he was a warrior. But I think that the reason why he left, you know, Golden State was, you know, he hears all the criticism. He hears that... You know, he can't lead a team. He needed a 73-9 and team to help win him a ring. So I think he said, basically, I'm just going to go to Brooklyn. I'm going to lead this team with, you know, Kyrie. I'm Obviously, Kyrie is going to be my partner, but I'm going to be the face of this team, and I'm going to lead my team to a championship, right? That's, like, and then prove all the haters wrong. Like, I get why he did that. And if he won a ring in Brooklyn, you know, obviously the conversation would change. His legacy would be forever changed he could probably maybe be in that top 10 conversation at least at least be in the discussion but right now after three years it's just you know crazy like how he didn't play the first year the second year he almost you know did it single-handedly with a couple of alternating Kyrie and James Harden's in the mix right I don't think they even played a lot of games yeah it's just insane I just feel like he never even gave Katie a chance to win but on exactly. paper, every time his team is just so good. It's just, it just, it's just a, such a bad situation. I feel bad for Kevin Durant. That's why he needs to come to Phoenix. Cause like we just no, need... no, 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 no. Tell me why it doesn't make sense. Because he isn't the leader of that team. He doesn't need to be. He's the mercenary, right? No, and that's he, what he's yes, trying to get not. rid of that label. He's trying to get rid of that label. That's why people, I hate the fact that get... he asked for a trade because, you know, you're literally running away again. And you're basically saying, I can't be the leader of this team. I can't lead a well, team, that team to a championship. That team is unleadable, right? bro. That shit is fucking garbage. That shit is a That's shit his shit. own fault, though. It's his no, own it's fault not. because he It's not his said, fault that Kyrie didn't want to take the vax. It's not his fault that James Harden was a fat piece of shit and not fucking <laughs> the James Harden that was in Houston. Like, that's not... See, this is my, my problem. Obviously, like, I, I, I get that what you're trying to say is, like, you know, he should still, you know, just suck it up and play, basically, and try to lead the team. But it's like you can only lead a team that wants to be led. If you got players that are, you know, the, what they have there, whatever shit show of a team that was, you know, like they're not, 
that's not a championship roster. It's just it just wasn't. I mean, and they three years and even the, you know obviously one year he didn't play, but it's not like the team was like missing just him and ready to win. You know he did everything he could, which is my problem with everybody that hates on Kevin Durant. It's just like what else could he individually have done? Like he can't go to Kyrie, shove the vax in his arm, and then be like, bro, you're playing tomorrow night with me in Brooklyn. You know it's just not how this works. Realistically, like he went out there and hooped. He was out there in condition. He was out there and took the vax. Like, he did his part. And it's like, you need a team at a certain point that also is going to do their part. And what I'm saying is the Suns. Because, I mean, even the Heat, like, those are teams that have everything. They need someone just to come, you know. Even if it's not just to be the leader, you know. One championship, who gives a fuck who's the leader, you know, at the end of the day. There are factors in his control that he could take in order to kind of win games. Again, he allowed the culture of the Nets to basically be, you know, everything that KD and Kyrie do, we do, right? He was the one who basically pushed for the Nets to hire Steve Nash and get rid of Kenny Atkinson, right? And he's the one who kind of pushes for all the moves to be made, right? Those are good so, moves, though. But, like, on in, in, in reality, you don't know when you're making those moves that Kyrie is not going to get a vaccine for or for a, a disease you there are, don't there are signs that you can tell that Kyrie was not going to get the vaccine just all of you know Kyrie's everything that we could see I think could see that very, if you could talk I, about the most which, which player do you think is going to be the most anti-vax out of all of them probably Kyrie but it's right? like it's just so hindsight like this kind of like I feel like your argument is just so hindsight it's like it's That's like true. oh like, but I think oh, that we knew you know, Kyrie wasn't gonna play because he didn't end up playing. Like at the time, the out of the players available and all the moves that made sense, getting Kyrie made sense. Like if you get if that, getting Kyrie gets you Kevin Durant as the Nets and as KD. If that's your best friend, you want to play with them. Like I don't blame him for leave, wanting to leave the Warriors. It, it it was right. He needs to go win a ring by himself. But you know, at the time, best player available was to go play with was his homie Kyrie. All right, you go do that. And now, another uh, like a little bit later, there's a chance that you can go get a guy who just won an MVP not too long ago, and James Harden. Like these are moves that like any winning team I feel like would make. Is just it just happened that like one came to you unconditioned, and then the second came to you with a whole baggage full of problems. That even when they played in Boston, he was available other than injury. Like even if it's an injury, in, you know, Brooklyn, I feel like it's different. You know, but it wasn't an injury. It wasn't anything. He was just like. I just feel like it's hard to predict something like that happening. Yeah, but I disagree on one point here. He shipped James Harden out later because basically Harden had an issue with Kyrie, right? And Katie still took Kyrie's side, right? And the, my issue is that he keeps on taking Kyrie's side, and that's fine. You guys are homies. That's good. But when you're putting the team in this kind of position, it's bad for the team, right? And that's where you have to put that leadership thing into perspective here because I just don't think that KD can lead a team. I don't think to be he like can. a championship team, right? And I think that this proves it because the he has not given this enough of a chance yet. You still have a chance to run it back one more time with Kyrie, right? And then prove everyone wrong. Kyrie can probably play all of the games. We'll see if he actually does. But you know, so you're telling me Brooklyn has to, a, like, you think Brooklyn right now, if KD Kyrie don't leave, all right, they're fully committed to Brooklyn playing every single game that. You know, injury besides lets them play. They have a championship roster right now. I think they're always going to be in contention for a championship. No. If KD's I don't think playing. so, their team is fucking ass, in my opinion. They don't have a coach either. They have a coach. The coach is a joke. 
who hired that coach. That's what I'm saying. I get it, bro. Like, but... I feel like what KD, like, because I don't even know how good of a coach Steve Nash is because we don't even know if it's Kevin Durant just running ISOs all day. We know what Steve Kerr tried to coach Kevin Durant, and sometimes Kevin Durant didn't listen to him, right? In that Houston series, we saw that Steve Kerr wanted him to be more of a team player, and KD kept taking ISOs, right? And it worked at the end, but we kind of saw that friction between those two, right? Maybe KD doesn't really want to be coached in that way, and that's why he had Steve Nash, right? So, you know, I just don't know if that style where Kevin Durant says goes and Kyrie Irving says goes is just going to work, right? And that's the big issue with Brooklyn, right? You can't keep these stars unless you're catering to them, but when you're catering to them, it ends up being a result like this, right? So obviously now, you know, you have to blow it up because it's gotten to a point where, you know, it's not feasible anymore. No one's happy. Everyone wants out, right? But it just pains me to see that, you know, it wasn't able to work out because I was rooting for Kevin to actually, you know, lead his team. And now it's kind of shown that, you know, he can't do that right now. The only time he actually led was his OKC days. Yeah, I just feel like it's such a, I feel like this is such a, such a, uh, a hypothetical conversation because of so many different things that are surrounding. Like, if he beats the Bucks last year ago, if it's like, like if he, you know, let alone just that shot that, you know, was an inch away from ending in seven and instead of going to overtime, I think it's just crazy because, like, he was a shot away or inch away or shoe size smaller away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. Probably, or that was that was going to the Eastern Conference Final, right? And then they would have yeah. probably made the finals because they were playing the Hawks. And then, you know, if you just assume that the Bucks they beat the Bucks and the Bucks beat the Suns, they should be able to beat the Suns. And, you know, he's a champ. And so it's just a whole different conversation because he gets that one shot. And I know, like, obviously, like, you know, it's just it's just so weird because I feel like he never truly got the chance. Even in that year, Kyrie was hurt and Harden was coming back from injury. And he was basically out there by himself. And I just feel like, you know, like, obviously he got the pieces together and everything, like, could have worked. But it just didn't. And, you know, the reasons it didn't work and out of Katie's control. Like, there's nothing he can really do about players getting injured or players not getting shots or players not, you know, focused on basketball. This is all out of KD's control, as much as my kind of opinion on it. And it's like, you go to Phoenix, you can't win. You can be the leader there. You don't want to be the leader there. It's up to you. But, they, you know, they're going to at least come out and be there, try their hardest, you know. Like, it's just like, I just feel like that's not, that wasn't the vibe in Brooklyn. Yeah, and I think this also brings a point to super teams in general there's only been a couple of no matter how much we talk about super teams and you know they make the league unfair and then they're obviously title favorites you know there's only a couple teams that win as super teams and that's the warriors when kd joined them right and it was lebron with all of his uh super teams right and you know we i diss lebron a lot but at least he wins with the super teams at least he gets the championships first right if i were a brooklyn nets fan i would be I'm really pissed off right now and you know I would obviously be less pissed off if you know we actually won a ring so you know just you know LeBron never I know he like obviously he leaves right he obviously leaves and then the team you know kind of goes to shit after he does but at least he played out his contract at least he does all this stuff it just not everybody's gonna be LeBron James bro what type of comparison come on man 
How many players can you really compare to? Kobe I'm just Bryant? saying that he, Kevin Durant, just signed a four-year extension, and now he's asking for a trade just because of Kyrie, right? It's just all because of Kyrie, Kyrie and Harden and Ben Simmons and all of this. It's just not Kyrie though. Like Harden was fat. It's not like un- Kevin Durant didn't Harden. have any influence in any of this, right? He bro, obviously but had some influence. Bro, but when you're okay on paper before making that Harden trade, you had no fucking problems of playing and being conditioned and injury. He just played two, three years in a row, almost playing every single game. So you gotta go get him. You're like, okay, do that. Makes sense. He's available. He plays regular season for me. He'll play. He, he's always ready to play in the regular season and in the playoffs. Me and Kai can play. You know, we can do our thing. You know, get you get him. He's out of shape. He's he's you know injured. He's not the same. You know, MVP that you thought you were getting. So how is that Kevin Durant's fault? Like on paper and in on the pre-trade, his mindset and the idea, the ideology is all correct in my opinion. I just feel like I'm just like, saying if you're gonna sign an extension like that, you better honor it. That's what I'm saying. And that's the same thing for AD too, right? I don't, I don't like know. it when players request trades like that. At least AD I, had more of an excuse, right? His team didn't win, right? And, you know, obviously the expectations in Brooklyn is a championship. Is it though? That's so, what I'm saying. Like, does Kyrie, like, I think, like, Kyrie and James Harden, and them, like, now I feel like I can say James Harden's expectations are to win a ring. Nothing he did before ever, you know, truly said that he was ready to win a ring. I think he wanted to win a ring in Brooklyn. I think he could have won ring in Brooklyn. I don't think I don't think he gave it the same know, shot that he's giving it right Philadelphia right now. I don't think at the end he was, but you know, I think Harden was obviously frustrated with Kyrie at the end there and basically he wanted out because nothing was being done about it, right? And it was like why are you letting Kyrie just, you know, do whatever he wants? Meanwhile I'm out there. I gotta absorb all the minutes because Katie's hurt. Kyrie's not getting the shot, right? So then I have to do everything. Obviously, he's not doing well, right? But again, yeah, I get, that's I get a little bit out that. of his control, right? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. With all that being said, though, what do you think? Where do you think Katie's going to go? Obviously, we know, G, what you think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dylan, do you uh, have any thoughts? Come on, man. Ask me two after. <laughs> uh, honestly, Suns is probably the biggest option because I think with the Warriors winning the chip, I think he's going to come to the West and try to beat the Warriors and be like, hey, I'm back. Like, I'm going to try, try and take this away from you guys, essentially, and, like, prove that, I, hey, I can I can still be, the like, the leader of a team or be the best player of the team and stuff like that. So I feel like right now the Sun, I don't know. I just feel like the other teams don't really have any traction. Maybe the Maybe Miami Heat. That's all I can think about. Even though a sleeper is Toronto, but... I just don't honestly, think Toronto it's... makes any sense other than Brooklyn getting a good package. Why would Kevin Durant want to go there? They're not even a fucking championship team. If it's less than a championship team than he has right mm-hmm. now because you're going to have to gut the roster, gut the picks to get him. I think that's the issue with all of the teams, though. Maybe not Phoenix is Phoenix. able to pull In off Miami. an A-10 bridges and Crowder trade like you want. But, Clam Chowder. You know, yeah. I don't think that you know Brooklyn's going to accept that. Right. I mean, and I also, think... um, continue, continue. was it the war? Some for some reason, there's rumors which I refuse to believe that the Warriors are interested in Kevin Durant for round two. And I, I think there, it's a, I think it's just all smoke, just to force the Suns to give out more assets to the Nets for KD because of our young core, like Jordan Poole, um, Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. Mm-hmm. And 
Wiggins as well. So I think that's why rumors are circulating that the war that Warriors are also interested in Katie coming back, but I hope that does not happen. You know, I res- thank you, Katie, for those two rings. But yeah, that's I think the ungrateful the... shit I've ever heard in my life. Hey, man, I'm just, hey, I agree with Dylan here, right? I think that, you know, we have a young core. We've proven that we can win with the young core. So why shake it up now, right? You know, because it's not like Kevin last, Durant. it's not like the last time we got Kevin Durant, where, you know, even though we had the 73 and 19, we still lost at the end. Right. But Kevin Durant, you know, he's 34. And I think that's the issue. You know, he's 34. He's on a max contract. That luxury tax is going to come up eventually. Right. So you want to extend the winning years. They want to be like the Spurs almost. Right. They want to keep having that young core to supplement the old each year. Basically. So if you go all in on Kevin Durant again, you're kind of shortening that kind of contention window. Right. And the fallout afterwards. Right. After once all of them get old, then what do you we, we don't have anything left? essentially yeah and i think that it also states to the um you know the players on the team right you know we'll get you for kevin durant at any chance and you know obviously that's not the like they'll probably understand but i think that there's a culture here in golden state it's about the team right so trading everyone for you know kevin durant just doesn't seem like a good look right now yeah man especially you guys don't want him it's all good bro just let him know where to send him you know I mean, I agree with Fuji. I think that he goes to the Suns. Dylan, I agree with you too, right? I think the biggest issue, though, is that, you know... Gets to play with Christopher. <laughs> oh, the Christopher thing is, you know, something to talk about. But And Book. <laughs> I think Book might even play better since he, uh, him and Kendall broke up. I'm just saying. Kardashian yeah, I, curse. I, I keep hearing that they got back together or something like that. Oh, my God. They, I don't know what happened. She heard, she not, heard Kevin is coming to town. She's like, fine. <laughs> get with the champ. Oh, my gosh. But either way, you know, Phoenix makes a lot of sense, and Kevin has Phoenix on his list. You know, I think he picked Phoenix and Miami, the two number one seeds, to uh, as his main teams. I think the biggest issue is that you know, and it's the big assets. issue with everyone. It's no, it's not just that. It's these rules, these rules where um, I think Ben Simmons is on the roster, right? And they it's can't rookie, trade for a another extension. Yeah. They can't trade for another rookie who just signed up an extension, right? Like, and I think Aiton would fit in that category if he were to sign an extension and he would be an asset really? in the signing trade to the uh, Nets. Yeah, I think so. That's crazy. But we haven't given an extension yet, though. You'd have they, to, though. That they would be the ones, technically, because it'd be like a sign and trade. So I, I think it might work out. But I think it's a sign and trade, right? So I think the Suns would have to sign him first and then trade him. I, I've been hearing for whoever gets KD is most likely going to involve a third team now. So, yeah. you know, that third team might be, you know, like you said, getting eight and, and sending even more picks to Brooklyn or something like that. So Yeah, and there's a lot of pieces to consider here. you got to get rid of Kyrie. you got to get rid of Ben, maybe, if you're going to do this rookie, uh, you know, if you want to get past this rookie deal kind of issue, right? So, you I know, think if you so got, I think if you got here. seven picks out of... Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I'd be satisfied with that. You yeah, know, obviously you're fucking... gonna get players. Obviously you're gonna get players, but like realistically speaking, two for Kyrie and five for Kevin Durant, and whatever players you get, hopefully some young pieces like Mikhail. You got a THT. You got a Aiton. You got. Oh my god! If, you, did if you, you say THT? You know that's what you're gonna get for Kyrie. And then you get to like also get Russell Westbrook, who has the absolute <laughs> biggest. What's the word like? 
you know, rent a rent a year car max ass contract where you just give them a year worth of rentals and it's you know you're getting 47 million dollars off the books like i think that's in itself is insane because that's a lot of money that comes off the books in one year that you might you know if you obviously get the right teams to pick them up and whatnot that's a you know if you can just absorb that for a year dug it out now you got like a bajillion picks and a million dollars opened up you know off that contract so yeah well, they also have to get that many picks back because they destroyed themselves with the Harden deal, right? So I think that's another piece to the puzzle here. They, they're trying to ask for King's Ransom because a player like Kevin Durant has not come on the market like this in years, right? And maybe ever. So they're trying to ask for King's Ransom here, and they need to get rid of Kyrie. They need to get rid of Ben. They need to do everything they can to get as much as possible because they already got screwed last time with the Billy King trade. So this time they want to make sure they're actually set up, right? This super team has been a disaster. They need to make sure that they can actually recover this time. And I'd keep Ben Simmons though. I would keep Ben Simmons, but if he's going to get in the way of a deal, it's not the worst thing in the world to part with him. He just right? needs to develop a jump shot. If he does that, he, I think he'll go a long way. I Well, that's a, apparently a lot to ask right now. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an interesting prediction, you know, just to be contrarian here. They don't trade anyone. They just keep all of them, force them all to play together, and Kyrie Kyrie's the extension. Gonna ex- no, he's gonna leave, and then you know they'll just they'll all just hate each other. It's the last chance. You know? That's that's what you think is the championship team, Katie, to stay for. Interesting, Matt. Interesting. Hey, I'm not saying that it's they're just gonna, crazy that, it's that a championship that's just, team. The same statement right? you just made. But I'm just saying is, that Kevin Durant should want, give Kevin. them a chance. I think that he Kevin Durant needs to at least him. give them a chance. He gave them three years. He gave them three years. Bro. One of them, he actually, you know, played the entire season, right? And come on, it's man. like it's like it's the like first a, season it's like, doesn't it's like count at all. Right? It's like a yin and yang. Like if I give you an X amount of things, right? What are you giving me back in return? They haven't given him shit back in return. They ain't even given him like the sign of competency back in return. Like I just that's my thing. It's like what has Brooklyn done to show like okay Kevin, you're what I think off, you're giving us. You're a, you're giving us I think that prime. the issue yeah, here is that KD has influenced a lot of those decisions, right? So how can we say that it's just the Nets, right? How can we say it's just the Nets when the Nets culture is literally giving KD everything he wants? Right, so if KD, if the Nets are making these moves, we have to assume that KD was behind them, right? That's what I'm saying here. So if it's a dysfunctional thing, it's only of his own making. And then if he's gonna leave, you know, he basically left the Nets in a complete mess because those were the, his own decisions. Meantime, That's what I'm having an issue here. It's not too much of a mess. You got Ben Simmons, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. Come on, man. Yeah. All right. Who's who's taking the first, who's taking all the shots there? Who's averaging uh, uh, twenty five points per game? Royce O'Neal. Ah, okay. <laughs> they sent someone else too. I don't remember who it was, but oh, oh TJ Warren. Warren. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mister, yep. uh, how many did he get in the bubble? A million. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and that was apparently the last game he ever played. So mm. you know, yeah, but. It would be interesting. I'd, I kind of would want to see if they just all stayed, and it would be very funny, I think. If they I all think it would be funny, together. bro, but if we're talking about best for Kevin Durant, it's, it's come to Phoenix and I think it's Phoenix. Yeah. 
you know, it is what it is. I think Phoenix would work best for him. They all have the same goal in mind. Yeah, Stop being disappointments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it. I, I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's it. Okay. Let's happy. move on here. Yeah. Well, I'm always happy when the Warriors are champs. Must be nice. <laughs> Just become a Warriors fan, G. Yeah, you it's can easier be, that way. Yeah, we're open. We're yeah, we're about open family. applications. Yeah, we'll see what happens when Christopher retires. <laughs> Your fanship is open. All right. I'll be a free agent. Let's see. Okay, let's move on to this last topic real quick. We're gonna look at two teams because we have fans of both teams here. The Warriors, they lost, uh, obviously Gary Payton. The second, Otto Porter, Nemanja Bielitsa, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Damian Lee. We'll talk about more on him later. And they re-signed Kevon Leanley, and they signed Dante DiVincenzo. It's been a little bit of an up-and-down kind of time for the Warriors this offseason. Obviously, they're the defending champs. But Dylan, are you concerned at all with the Warriors offseason? Um, I was kind of sad, not disappointed. It's just that we... We basically lost all our vets on the bench. We lost Payne, we lost Porter, Bielitsa, and I guess JTA. But Damien, uh, we could go about that later. Like he's not that important. <laughs> Let's be honest here. You know how every time I go to a game, every time he's on the floor, I I scream nepotism. Um, but anyway, um, the biggest ones that hurt though was GP2 and OPJ. Because they did so much for us um, throughout the season and especially the playoffs. With based on how both of them played, we really needed a lot from them. Especially, I think Gary Payne too. And I'm happy that he finally had time in the NBA to showcase what he got because he's been in the um, G League for so long. And I know everyone. I'm pretty. Sure, I can't say for everyone, but. I, I wanted him back for this upcoming season, but I think due to the luxury tax, we just couldn't, we weren't able to do it. And I'm kind of happy that he's finally gained the bag after all these years. And yeah, OPJ, he yeah, he definitely deserves it. And for OPJ, I kind of knew from the beginning of the season he was going to be a rental player. Mm-hmm. and But he did service us so well. And, and I know he also wanted to come to because he wanted to prove to the suitors out there that like, hey, even though I was injured previously and I was the Shakting, oh, I forgot he was the Shakting Shack, a full MVP <laughs> as well. So we had a we have a bunch of MVPs. Oh, OPJ, have, people forget was one of the original bag finesters, bro. He collected a bag and a half went to Washington. Yeah, I think he got. Did he get a max deal there? Yeah, or he did. He got close to or something. He got at least a hundred mil, I think. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that was fucking crazy. But yeah, I think OPJ like he he thrives in our system very well. Bielitsa, I was pretty impressed his first game, but like throughout the tor- the season, he was kind of like eh. Like he gives you a few points and like some assists, but he clamped uh, uh was it Jason and Jokic he, and he clamped Jason Tatum. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But he, uh, I understand why he wanted to go home. I mean, he misses home. His family's in um, where's I forgot where she's from. Is Serbia? Not Serbia, right? I think he was from Serbia, but I don't think he signed he's in playing, Serbia. He's playing for Fenerbahce. Oh, yeah, they signed with like Barcelona or something. At some... I I forgot what team... I know I probably... 
botched the, the pronunciation, but I think it's Fenerbahce. But um, I'm hoping he does well over there overseas because I yeah I understand missing home, being homesick, and JTA. Uh, even though he went to JTA, he's interesting. I mean, he definitely replaceable. Yeah, definitely replaceable. I mean, shout out from he's from he's from Oakland, so I gotta support the homies from the Bay. But he's going to the Lakers, and I, to be <laughs> honest, even looking at the Lakers roster, it still is not very convincing to me. With all with all the people they picked up, like for example Thomas Bryant, like okay, sure, but everyone else, like not a fan of Lonnie Walker. Okay, he's hmm. the thing is, I have a lot of respect for Spurs players. Because they're from um, Greg Popovich taught them well, so I'm pretty like when we were playing like, against Derek White or Carl Anderson, I have like respect for them when we were playing them through during the playoffs. But that's for that's for a different day. But Damian Lee, uh, yeah, I I don't know what to say about that man. Yeah, nepotism. He's just it's just nep- nepotisms, and he's basically Seidel's uh, Seidel's husband at this hmm. point. There goes the Damien Lee interview. I mean, what yeah, do you, what do you like? Think about it. Think about it. That's. I think Matt. I think. What did he do for us during the entire season? I. I, I didn't fight try to, Bertans. I will try to. I will try to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will try to refrain too much from insulting Damien Lee because I think sometimes the hate is a little bit too much. I saw. He's gonna someone, play great minutes for us. I I saw someone Photoshop a Walmart uh, uniform on him. You know, it's kind of harsh, but I get it. I get it. I mean, Jade, NBA... Damien absorbs mim- minutes, right? He's a he's a good guy to play in the regular season. He can shoot the three, right? Yeah, I he's think not going to be in your eight you man know. playoff rotation, but yeah, like you said, yeah. he gives good, valuable playoff or regular season minutes. Reliable. Yeah, I mean, like if you're not going to max him out, you're not going to give him more than you know the min. Like it's fine. Like I get it, but you know, I also understand why the Warriors saw like they. I think they want a fresh amount of people every year just to keep them a little bit hungry and it's you know obviously i think guys like jta and damien lee they're good for the culture as well and you know i think that's where they impact the most you know that bench mob they go crazy right and you want to see your bench mob go crazy when you hit a big three and stuff like that right you want to be around guys in the locker room that you like so you know you always see those guys like on the uh team right so you know i get that like and, you know, I think the one that hurts the most, obviously, is Gary Payton, you know, because I think he it was just so big to the Warriors' plans and how successful they were this season because you get a guy that can guard everywhere, one through five, and he can cut, he can do everything, he fits into the offensive scheme. I think the biggest issue with Payton before he joined the Warriors, yeah, was his offense, but now they figured out something for him, and he's going to be a huge loss, honestly, but I also understand why they couldn't pay him because... They got to line up for those Wiggins deals, those uh, pool extension, right? And then Draymond and Clay are, are going to be free agents eventually, right? So, you know, you have to get rid of some of these bench players if they cost too much. And uh, you're paying uh, seven you gotta, times the luxury tax right now. You got to so. think about all the rookies you guys have, all the young players. Like, you have Wiseman coming back, who's going to be your backup center slash four, whatever you want to use him as. Then you mm-hmm. got Kaminga, who's going to take a bigger role as the forward. And you'll know, probably take all of those Damian Lee jta minutes and then you got moody you got divincenzo who we brought in i think you guys did a fine job of just you know using what you have and using more of it and then also just you know making minimal amount of changes to just 
still being a relevant team and you know making all the right moves yeah and i think it's scary to have to help like all the rookies now have to assume these roles right now porter is replaced by kuminga and bielitsa is replaced by wiseman and you know peyton is probably replaced by moody or kundari weatherspoon or whoever right and it would have been nice to see one yeah or divincenzo right and you know, it would be nice to see one more player get signed that's maybe a veteran presence off that bench because it's a little scary to run a bench squad with all rookies. I mean, you never know who gets bought players. out. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, this is not the final roster yet. And, yeah. you know, hey, Boogie. You know I want to see some Boogie in here. It'd be nice. I wouldn't mind having Boogie come back. Yeah, reunion. Or Katie if they want to. Well, now we don't have Damian Lee. Now if we don't have Damian Lee, we can't trade for Katie. That's a shame. But, you know... Other than that, like, <laughs> you guys, Warrior fans have been spoiled. Yes, we. I have. mean, uh, I will we are pretty spoiled. I'll admit, admit that, that too. Yeah. I mean, we only had a two-year drought. Basically. But that's the thing here. Like, I've seen Warriors fans go all apocalyptically. Like this, this ownership clearly doesn't care about winning anymore. We just lost Gary Payton and Otto Porter, and I'm like, man, we just won a championship. Two yeah, leave ago. them alone. Like, we don't get this talk. Y'all gotta chill, man. Like, we didn't even think we'd be back here. And, There's something you know, with these Bay Area fans. They're a little special. Mm, I won't say that. But I will say that we have gotten to the point where we're a little too entitled at the moment. And trust the process. Trust what Bob Myers and Joe Lake are doing. Because I think in the end, it's going to work out just like it has for the last eight years. So, Warriors fans, keep the faith. We believe in our team. All right? No, we believe in our minds. front office. No. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. All right, let's go to the Suns real quick here. I think you have some issues here, G, with the uh, Christopher's team and what they've been doing. JaVale McGee has left to go to the Dallas Mavericks, and they re-signed Bismack Biombo, and they made three huge moves. They signed Damian Lee, uh, Josh Akogi, and they traded for a guy named Jock Landale, who I'm convinced is a 2K player. <laughs> you heard of Jock Landale, G? No, I have never. I honestly didn't even know we signed him. <laughs> he's one of those. I feel like he's one of those guys in 2K where it's like clearly a you know like a AI generated face. They don't have the rights to like Charles Barkley, so they put in Jock Landale or whatever the fuck yeah. his name. <laughs> I love I love playing those guys. I don't know if I would sign them to my real team, but you know, are you concerned at all with the Suns off season? Uh, that's a lot I mean, of questions. It's, it's a lot of pain. <laughs> Let's see what happens because it's, you know, technically it's not over yet. But like, I don't know, man. It's just like we could, you could make so many moves. I've seen a lot of players go. Jeremy Grant went for what, like almost a first one first round pick. Brogdon. There were so many players that were available, and we didn't do shit. And you know, obviously you're in for the big fish. You gotta wait for the big fish. You can't just get all the small fish trying to get the big fish so i don't know man it's just gonna be a weird situation if you know Kevin Durant doesn't get traded to us and we're still stuck with Aiden and now we're just cancer like, locker room cancer right there i'll take it i'll take Aiden, Aiden <laughs> and anything that he comes with it'd be funny if everything just stayed the same now everyone's uncomfortable it's like when ad didn't get traded until the end and then you brandon ingram alonzo ball josh hart they still had to play with lebron Till the end of the season, AD still had to be with his team till the end of the season. I hope that's not what happens. <laughs> a lot of tension, a lot of tension. 
I really don't want. I mean, it's like because look, like, hey, let's say Miami gets KD or something, or he goes to back to the Warriors or the Mavs, whatever happens. This is not Phoenix, so it's like, all right. So then you look at eight and you're like, okay, let's figure this out. Where can you go for a sign and trade? So what are you gonna go and get? Like Capella? Are you gonna go get John Collins? You gonna go get fucking Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly from the Jazz or something? Like what the fuck is the plan, dude? <laughs> There's Jeremy Grant's gone, one of the players I really wanted. You know, maybe you can get a Miles Turner or maybe something like that. I think that might be, you know, one of the best moves you can make at this point if it's not Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think that's we're getting to that point of the off season. If you don't get, land the big fish, you're in a little bit of trouble here. Yeah, we're definitely so, in some trouble. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Well, you got Thanks, Damian man. Lee. You're gonna give him more. Give him more Charlie. minutes. Yeah, Damian Lee, Jock Landale, <laughs> ultimate combo. Right oh, there. goodness. Nice. I think you guys, Steve. honestly, I think from an outsider perspective, I think I would rather have McGee over Biombo. to be honest. Uh, I think they do the same shit. I don't think it really matters. I agree in a sense that they do do the same things, but I, I love JaVale McGee, personally. He played for our I team. mean, I think JaVale's and a I think player he, too, but... Yeah. I just think that... There's a reason, you know, why he got more minutes than Biombo, right? So, obviously, he probably got paid more too, though. So, that's probably why he had to go. But, either way, you know, I do think eventually something will come. I don't know. I swear to God, by the way, if we release this episode, it's right now, it's uh, J- July 10th. I'm going to release it July 11th. I swear, if a Kevin Durant trade happens tomorrow morning... It's going to be very annoying. Just saying. With our luck, it will be. Yeah. My God. I'm already I'm already mad at the outcome there. <laughs> but either way, that's going to do it for our episode. Uh, be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon Music um, to listen to it, as well as anywhere you find podcasts nowadays. We are literally everywhere, as well as on Twitter, you know, at Bay Council to stay up to date on the latest and greatest of our sports takes. And we have an Instagram, folks. It is sports underscore council. So be sure to follow, like, subscribe to every single one of those so you can listen to our beautiful voices more often. Is there anything Except else Nando. you want to say? <laughs> Another shot. Fantasy hey, football fantasy, season's almost yeah, here. I was going to say the same thing, Matt. You read my mind, bro. I just can't wait for fantasy football. It's literally the best time of the year. You know, we love to crank out more, more and more pods closer we get to fantasy football time so you know expect to hear from us a lot and quite frequently and also go at each other's throats throughout the season oh yeah that's the best part our fantasy football coverage is unrivaled folks if you thought this was you know an interesting podcast wait till you see our fantasy football podcast they're gonna be a treat i think that's when i think that's when nando comes out of hibernation right yeah, hopefully. That's what the we'll rumors see. on the streets are. We'll, well they say every um, you know August second, you know Nando's day, he comes out of his uh, hibernation and sees who runs for two K yards, right? Well, yeah. I don't think he, his football team is starting off on the right foot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know this is a fast that. We will discuss that eventually. Yeah, this is for another podcast. Yes, but that is gonna do it for this episode. We'll see you next time. See you. Thank you.